everybody to Resurrection Sunday. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. There's always resurrection the other side of a death. Any death, there's resurrection. And today we want to celebrate His resurrection. But I also want us to celebrate and think about our own resurrection. That when Jesus rose from the dead, we rose and rose with Him. That when He died on the cross, we died with Him. Uh, he took our sin that we might have life. Canon Andrew White posted in, uh, in Facebook sometime this, this week. He said, in, in Iraq, Good Friday is known as Great Friday. It is a day of great pain and suffering as our Lord Jesus gave his all so that we may have all. And so if we look back to Friday, just a, a couple of days ago, and I don't know whether you've seen the Passion of Christ, but if you haven't seen the Passion of Christ, it's worthwhile seeing because it just portrays a little bit of what Jesus went through on that day. The pain and the agony because of His great love, because He loved you and me. What a day. Imagine the disciples. Just let's go back and picture the scene. Let's put ourselves in their shoes on that day. They had hoped He was going to be the Messiah. They had hoped that He was going to free them from the Roman Empire, the tyranny of the Roman Empire. They had walked with Him for three years. They had seen Him do amazing miracles. They would seen Him change water into wine, walk on the water, heal people, blind people could see. They had walked with Him. They thought He was the Messiah. And here He was hanging on the cross. And He was dying. And he died and then they put him in a tomb. Just imagine the pain of the loss that they experienced. Also the fact that they all deserted him just about. Peter denied him three times. And they must have been very discouraged and despondent and down. On that Friday. But Sundays are coming. Sunday was coming. And I want you to look at your own life today. Are there areas of your life today where there is no hope? Where you think this is a hopeless situation? Because the disciples on Good Friday would have thought this is a hopeless situation. But they had to wait. For their answer to come. We should be a people of hope because of the resurrection, because Jesus rose from the dead. You and I should be full of hope every day as we wake up and we know that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. There should be a bounce in our step because of the hope that we have. It's not a wishy-washy hope. It's not a, I hope I win the, jack, the jackpot or I win the, the lotto. It's not that kind of hope. This is a certain hope. It's going to happen because it happened to Jesus. It's going to happen to you and I. And when we see, we read what's happening in the, in the newspaper and we see uh, Belgium and we see Iraq and we see bombs going off and we, we kind of, it's easy to lose hope. We see family going astray. And we can lose, we can lose hope very easy, easily. But we have a hope. 
Somebody has described hope uh, in this way. He said, hope means the joyful anticipation of good. God is a good God. He loves us. He's going to bring you and I into a rich place, a place of, a place of blessing. You know, the, the Romans 8, all things work for good for those that are loved by, who are called and who are loved by the Lord. They, they work out for good. It might not seem good at this moment, but let me tell you, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. That's the hope that you and I have. So really what I wouldn't like us to be, I would want us to go away from this morning full of hope. I would love us to be filled with all that resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. The scripture says it's, it's Christ in us who is the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in me is the hope of glory. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Do you know that? Are you appropriating it and applying it to your life as you, as you walk out into the day? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 28. Reading from verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. He'd done his job. He rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like, white, like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The gods were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to, said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So what a story. What a picture of Martha and Mary going to the tomb to anoint his, his body. I don't know whether they had thought this thing through. How were they going to get into the tomb? Because that rock was far too heavy for, for two women to move. And yet they, they, they went there and they went, to, they went to the tomb. And what did they find? The stone being rolled away. Imagine that experience. Talk about being afraid and petrified. And that's what they were. I love the Scriptures because wherever you see in the Scriptures, whenever anybody encounters the Lord in any, any situation, 
from the burning bush to uh, right at the end of scriptures. The, the, the Lord always, always says, do not be afraid. Why does he say that? Because we are afraid. Because we are scared. We don't know what's going on. There's an earthquake happening. We don't know what's going on. And we're encountering this, this angel who uh, it, say, it says about the angel that uh, his appearance was like lightning. That's quite, uh, quite a picture. Go next time you have a look at lightning in the sky. Think about Martha and Mary encountering, gee, uh, encountering this angel, and it's like lightning. So it's a spectacular event. It's uh, a, a fireworks display. I've got nothing on this. And then I don't know whether you've ever thought about it. Why was the stone even moved? Jesus could walk through walls. Surely a stone would be quite easy to walk through. Why did he do that? Why was the stone moved away? It was for you and I. So that we could see that he was gone, that he had disappeared, that he had risen. Amazing. So the, so the uh, Martha and Mary encounter the angel, and the angel says, "Go and tell, tell the others about the great news that Jesus has risen. It's great news. It's good news." And look at their response. Although very afraid, they went with great joy. A bit like what Costa's been teaching us, or what he taught us a couple of months back, that we need to come to Jesus, and then we need to go. We encounter Him, we encounter Him wherever it is, and, and Martha and Mary encountered Him that He was risen in this situation. And then they went off to tell the good news, to tell the good news. You and I have good news for the world today. Great news, wonderful news. Our Lord and Savior is risen. He's not dead in a tomb. He is risen. Let's get excited by that. By that. Let's, let's tell the people this great news. And he died for all. For everybody. There's nobody he didn't die for. Every, every sector of society he died for. And we, and we need to know that. So come and see and then go and tell. Encounter Jesus. The resurrection power of Jesus every day in your life. And then we see another encounter with Jesus, the, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They discouraged, they down, they disappointed. Jesus has died. And Jesus comes along and walks alongside them. And he unfolds the scriptures. He unfolds the Old Testament to them. And he, and he, and he unfolds the scriptures in such a way that it points to him. And it's only when they broke bread that suddenly the lights were switched on, that suddenly they realized, yes, this is the Messiah, this is Jesus. He is risen from the dead. And what was their response to encountering Jesus? Well, they ran, they ran back. I don't know how many kilometers it was, but they ran to go and tell the rest that Jesus had risen. Maybe we can just have a quick, brief look at John chapter 11. We know that it's the story of Lazarus. 
And uh, Jesus is on a ministry trip. He's, he's uh, doing his stuff. He's healing people. He's preaching the gospel. Signs and wonders are following his name. And uh, he gets news that the one you love is sick. So Lazarus obviously had a special part in, uh, in, in Jesus' heart. And uh, what was Jesus' response to this? Well, if it was me, I would have jumped in my car and driven to the hospital and I would have gone and prayed for them. Not Jesus. What does he do? He waits another couple of days. I mean, isn't this an urgent thing? We must realize that Jesus is never moved by the urgent. The urgent is not always God in our lives. What was going to happen out of this, this miracle was that he knew that... Uh, uh, Lazarus would be, would be raised from the dead. And so, he delayed. Is there a delay in answer for your prayers today? Who's been praying for somebody or someone for more than two years? I think we probably can all put our hands up. We've been praying for, and, it, and the answer doesn't seem to be coming. It's going to come. It's going to come. If God delays an answer, it's going to bring a greater glory. And that's what he said. He said it's going to bring a greater glory. It's going to bring glory. Jesus was on this, on this earth to do a few things. Most importantly, to bring glory to his Father. Everything he did. And he also wanted to show us who his Father was really, who, what his Father was really like. He wanted to show us the nature of his Daddy. And so we get to know Jesus as at least God as Abba, as Daddy, as, as somebody we can, we can nestle up to, we can get close to. And so that was what, what he was trying to do. In, chapter, in, in verse 26, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to her, they're having a, a little bit of a theological discussion, uh, and, and he says to her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am that I am. And this is what he, one of the things he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? We often read that at funerals. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Not that I will be the, res- not that I will be the resurrection, I am the resurrection. That's what he said. And what happens when you put somebody whose name is I am the resurrection into a grave? It can't stay there. The, this, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the, from the dead raised, uh, raised us from the, raises us from the dead. Raised him from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We, what, what, what have we got to do in this? We've got to believe that's quite a hard work sometimes, because sometimes I doubt. I mean, if you have a look at the, the disciples, they doubted often, all along. We have Thomas who doubted. And even, even in, in uh, Matthew 28, Jesus is saying, you know, go into all the world and preach to the gospel, preach the gospel heal the sick and do that, and you go in my authority and all that stuff. Even right before that, he, said, he was chatting to the disciples, and it must have been, and maybe some others, and... There were a few who still doubted. 
even while they were listening to, to, to him saying that to, to them. They still doubted. And so we need to come to Jesus. And we need to ask him to almost help our, our unbelief. As, as, uh, James, is it James? Yeah. James? Who, was, who had unbelief? It was James. Oh, sorry. Thomas. Oh, had a blank moment there. Philippians chapter 3. If someone else thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, this is Paul talking, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Isn't that quite a statement? As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. This is Paul, the apostle, talking. And then what does he go on to say? But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider with them what? Garbage, dung, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. This is what Paul is saying. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection the participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. So we have this Apostle Paul with this amazing pedigree. He, was a, he was a, uh, came from the right tribe. He, came from, he went to the right schools. He was a Pharisee. He had everything going for him. He followed the law. He followed the letter of the law. And yet, when he encountered Jesus, he realized that it actually counted for nothing. What more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. The question I want to ask you today and I ask myself today, do I know Jesus? Do I know Him intimately, personally, as my Lord and Savior? It's not a, a kind of a knowing, just an intellectual knowing. You know, you might have somebody, might have here, love Winston Churchill, for example, and read all, his, all the books and the autobiographies and watched all the movies, and you might say that you know him. You know about him. Knowing Jesus is a personal walking with him. How do we know that Jesus is alive? Well, he rose from the dead because I walked with him and talked with him on a daily basis. Are you walking and talking with your Lord and your Savior? All the stuff, are you talking with him? So the scripture is about hope. The scriptures of the resurrection is about hope. The resurrection of Jesus is my resurrection. My resurrection is as sure 
as His resurrection. So as you think, I just want you to just think, what are those areas in your life today in which you have no hope? Just for a moment, just think, what are areas do I have no hope? I think what I would like some people to do. For our families. Sometimes families are the areas which we really struggle with and we sometimes don't have hope for them. I want you to stand. For anybody that in your family that doesn't know Jesus, and probably maybe everybody's going to stand here today. But I want you to stand and I'm going to pray a prayer that your family would experience the resurrection life of Jesus soon, now, today. Let's, I want to, if anybody, anybody want to stand, stand for your families. Lord, as I see us standing here today, and we're standing for particular members in our families, the prodigals who've gone, on, who've gone off and run away, those who have never known you. And we pray for the resurrection life of Jesus to burst into their lives, even right now in this minute, in this time. We pray for the favor of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God as, you, as we raise our hands and say, Jesus, save my family. Lord, we ask that. We need you to be present in our family's lives. We think of those who are ill. And we ask, Lord, that you would heal them. We pray for signs and wonders. We ask, Lord, Lord Jesus, those who are captive in Nigeria, who can't get out of Nigeria because their passports have been taken away. We pray for David Kliegel and we ask, Lord, that you would release his passport to him, that he might come home. We pray, Lord, that he would know it's a miracle. We pray, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We thank you for your presence in us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for our family. We thank you for the resurrection power of Jesus. Saving our children. Help us to be wonderful conduits, wonderful downpipes of your grace and favor and mercy into our, into our families. May we bring no judgment. May we bring life. May we bring Jesus. May they see Jesus. And so we proclaim today, we, came to the, we proclaim the lordship and rulership and saviorship of Jesus in our families. He is our king. Please be seated. So David in the Old Testament is out on battle and he's doing a, a wonderful battle and they come back from this battle and they're... Men, women, and children 
have been taken away. And his own men were turning against him. And what did David do in that situation, in that calamity? What did he do? He went and strengthened himself in the Lord. You and I need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord for the battle ahead. The battle ahead is, 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 not a, is, is going to be a tough battle. But Jesus was within us so we can walk that battle with joy. And so he inquired of the Lord and David went and the Lord gave him a green light to go and fight the battle. And he won the battle, got all the women and children and the cattle and everything back in abundance. That's the God that we serve, a God who wants to redeem our situation. So as you look at the tomb today, I want you to look at the tomb as being empty. The tomb is empty. He's no longer where he lay. And because of that, you and I can experience freedom. The message of Easter is not that there will be no death. It's not that you won't face death. It's that there is life in death. There's life in death. Jonathan's dream is to go and be with the Lord. Because he says it is not better to, it is far better, far better. We think of Lee. Lee Eben just uh, two weeks ago was close to knocking on that door. He was in the hospital. And with the help of the doctors and prayer, he was raised to life. And so it's not that we won't face death. Maybe a lovely little, good, little illustration is of a little girl walking through a cemetery every day on her way home from school was asked this question. She was asked if she was afraid walking through the cemetery. She responded with this answer, No. I simply cross it to get home. And that's it. That's the key. That is what the resurrection and the stone being rolled did to death. It has turned death into a harmless pathway to our home. As Jesus was resurrected from death, so resurrection awaits us all who know Jesus, who love Jesus. Those of you who are in Christ will be raised from death to life with Him forever. The fear of death has gone. And I just want to put it out to you today. If anybody doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. As we've celebrated this weekend His death, burial, and resurrection, as we've seen the, 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 the proof of His resurrection in our own lives. I'm saying to you, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, I want you to put your hand up now and say, Lord, I confess that I have sinned. I have fallen short of the glory of God and I need a Savior. So if there's anybody here, I know most, here, most people here walk with Jesus, but if anybody hasn't done that, I want you to put your hand up now. If you died today, like Lee nearly died two weeks ago, he knew he was going to go to heaven. That's just wonderful. If anybody doesn't know where their destiny is, 
and doesn't know what wonderful life you can experience here today being full of Jesus, then I want you to put up your hand. Anybody here today who doesn't know Jesus? Jesus conquered death. Today is a day of victory. I want to say as we close, if we can end with a, a, a couple of songs or whatever. I don't know what the worship team's got planned. The worship team can come up. But let's just, let's just raise our hands and say, Lord, I thank you that, that you are risen, that you are Lord, that you are my Savior. My destiny is secure in you. My tomorrow is secure in you. I'm going to enjoy you. And I'm going to walk. And I'm going to bring glory to your name in everything that I do. I'm going to please you at work. At the, when I go to the shops. When I worship. In just how I love my wife. My husband. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship. One of the main response, responses to the resurrection is worship. Martha and Mary, what did they do? They fell at his feet and worshipped him. That's our main response. We need to be worshipping. Every day as we wake up, remember that he is risen. Say he is risen and worship him. And then go to him to the day like that. Amen. Thank you, Lord.